Hey there, and welcome to the devotional. I'm Walter, the dyslexic bilingual hillbilly and pastor of the Rhine River Baptist Church. Today is Thursday, September 28th, 2023, and today is our 217th devotional. And today we're looking at Gideon, the person who put out the fleece of wool. Um, as we get started with this, uh, just um, a reminder or a encouragement, uh, read about Gideon. We won't be able to uh, even touch on everything that he did. His uh, The story of Gideon takes up about three chapters in Judges, from Judges chapter 6 through Judges chapter 8. And it's just one of those neat stories, and you find so much in it that um, honestly is applicable to our lives. When we look at his life, we can uh, just get so much from him. But um, the verse that I picked out is Judges chapter 6, verse 24. It says, Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Yahweh Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Orpha of Abizetes. So I know I mispronounced probably that last name. Uh, I find it interesting because um, with this uh, verse, you find a couple of neat things here. We find the name Yahweh Shalom, uh, the Lord, our peace. And when you find God um, coming to Gideon to begin with, he greets him by saying, peace unto you. And, and it's really neat because in this time, the Midianites uh, had really just wiped out the land. Um, the children of Israel had turned their backs on God again. They had done wicked again. And the Midianites had come in, and they had come in not to just conquer the land, but to destroy it. They came with the herds and flocks, and they were wiping out the land. They were making it fallow, where you couldn't even plant things in the ground and get a good crop the next year. They were wiping everything out. They were eating the seed crop or the seed store that for the next year. So you had nothing to plant the next year. The way they were wiping out the Israelites was just a brutal way that they were doing it. And here you have Gideon. Uh, you find him, he's threshing out wheat in, in a, uh, a wine press. So in a place that was down where it couldn't be seen very well, uh, a, a place that was a little bit hidden, um, probably behind walls uh, where you're not getting much of a breeze. He's trying to thresh out wheat. Well, if you don't have a good breeze, you can't thresh out wheat. Uh, the neat thing about threshing wheat back in this day and age, they would oftentimes go to the top of a hill and thresh out the wheat. They would get the breeze to come across uh, as they're throwing the uh, the grain, the chaff, the this whole conglomeration up and and, and throwing it up into the air. Uh, the grain would fall back into one place because it's heavier, and the chaff would just uh, float away in the wind. And you would keep doing that until you got all the little kernels out. Uh, of grain and got the chaff to just blow away. Well, you couldn't do that if you're down in a wine press. And that's where Gideon was because he was afraid that the Midianites would see him. And God greets him and says, peace be unto you. And he responds back, what peace? There's no peace here. And, and 
uh, he, he responds and also asks, where is the God, if God is with me, where is this God that uh, delivered us from the hands of Egypt and gave us this land? It's like he's abandoned us. And God starts to talk to him and reveal himself to him. And Gideon brings an offering. God accepts it in a miraculous way. Flames come out of the rock and consume it. And then the angel of the Lord just disappears. And he knows he's speaking with an angel of God. So as God starts to instruct him and give him guidance, uh, first Gideon builds an altar there. And we read that verse. He built an altar to the Lord, called it uh, Yahweh Shalom, the Lord our peace. And then that very night he goes and destroys uh, the grove, the, the area of Baal, uh, which oftentimes... Baal worship in, in included child sacrifice. Not every time, but oftentimes it did. Uh, it was a brutal, brutal type of worship. And, and it was a very sensual, very, um, very pagan. Uh, it was not a good way of worship. And that's what the, uh, the children of Israel had turned to. When he had done that, uh, the whole town shows up and they want to kill him. And his dad steps up and says, if, if Baal is really God, then let Baal fight for himself. And gets uh, Gideon off the hook here. And then Gideon calls uh, the tribes around him. He, he amasses a huge army and asks God, do you still want me to go to battle? And that's where we find him putting out the fleece. Uh, he puts it out one day and says, uh, God, if you're really want me to do this make the fleece wet and the ground around it dry and the next morning that's what happens uh and he thinks to himself well that was stupid because the fleece is going to dry up all the water around so the next day he says okay god i messed up with that one put out the fleece and if the fleece is dry and everywhere around is wet then i'll know and <laughs> lo and behold the fleece was dry but there was dew everywhere else and, and so God gets ready to send him into battle, but says, you've got too many men. And he whittles his men down to about 300 men. Um, and now he's nervous again. Do I go into the battle? And God gives him another sign. He goes down and one of the Midianites has had a dream and says that um, there was a barley wheel that rolled into and destroyed our camp. And this is none other than Gideon. Um, and, and so you know, he gets it confirmed right there. So they break up into three groups and uh, they have a pitcher, uh, a lamp. Uh, they have the, uh, a torch under a pitcher in one hand and then a horn in the other hand. They don't have a hand free for a sword. The, I've often wondered uh, and thought that that was just odd, but they break the, the pitcher revealing the lamp all at the same time blowing the trumpet the midianites this is on three sides of them they think they're surrounded they think they're getting uh because all the noise from the trumpets they take off running and, and they chase them for the whole next day um it's just a neat story and, and when you get to the end of the story though um you find that gideon takes some of the gold, the treasure, and makes an ephod uh, for himself and for his family, which is really 
one of the downfalls that we see with Gideon. Um, there's so much more to this story, but oftentimes I will hear people say, well, I'm putting out the fleece just to see if this is of God. Um, something to keep in mind, you know, I hear this uh, every little bit. People will put out a fleece of what does God want me to do? And, and I don't think it's wrong uh, because the Bible doesn't have everything in there. Uh, what we're supposed to do. Am I supposed to buy Nutella today at the store or peanut butter at the store? The, the Bible doesn't tell us these things. Um, and, and so sometimes we might go, in, oh, well, the Nutella is on sale or, oh, the peanut butter is on sale or I just fancy peanut butter today. Um, but what can we learn from this, uh, especially the putting out of the fleece? Um, it, it appears to me that, especially with Gideon, he knew what the will of God was, and he was just nervous about it. He was, he didn't, uh, it's almost as if he's not trusting God, and God is trying to reassure him and, and get him to move forward in faith to get him to move forward. But Gideon had a, uh, there was a progression to his obedience to God. It started off with personal obedience, with a personal sacrifice, then it moved to a family cleansing and getting things right in their family and in their little community. And then it moved to a regional, um, uh, just a, a regional deliverance. And, and there usually is that type of progression in our lives when we start moving from just what what's going on with our person and then what is is going on in our region uh if we don't have our personal life in order and ready to go um we're not going to be able to do the deliverance that needs to happen uh even in a church uh if our personal life is is a wreck uh it our what we're trying to do at a church is not going to to be effective. And I think that's oftentimes our problem. We don't have our personal life in order the way we ought to. And here Gideon had offered up quite an offering to God and uh, had made sure that Jehovah God, uh, Yahweh, was his God. And he was a God of peace. And every, every step along the way, God was bringing him peace into his life so he could move forward. Um, when I see the putting out of the fleece, though, um, I, I think it's interesting for us um, because we will oftentimes put out a fleece. And I just want to say this about it. It's not wrong uh, for us to put out a fleece and ask God, you know, I don't have clear direction here. What do you want me to do? Uh, but on the other hand, we need to be careful about that because I've heard of people putting out a fleece uh, for something that they know is sin. And just because God answers or the prayer gets answered in the way that they want it. They think they have liberty to sin. Uh, we should never put out a fleece like that uh, when it comes to a time of sin. So uh, I think that's self-evident, but I think so much of the time we are crafty and we are trying to get our own way and, and God knows what's going on there. So we need to be careful with that. So what can we learn from Gideon? Well, first off, we can learn that God wants us to, to find and have real peace in our lives. And we find that peace in him. Uh, John chapter 14 verse 27 says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither be afraid. This is right before Christ is going to the cross. And he's telling the disciples. Uh, don't be afraid. 
I'm leaving my peace with you. And in fact, in, in chapter 16, which is just a little bit later, uh, he tells them, I'm sending the comforter. Uh, I'm sending someone to, to comfort you and to guide you into all truth. So God wants us to have peace. Um, the next thing that I see, uh, God loves to see us trust him, even in the little things of our life. Uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 23 tells us this. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I think that's an important verse for us to remember, that if we're doing something and we don't know that, that God can bless it, if, if we don't have the assurance that this can honor God in what I'm doing, it's sin. Uh, we need to keep, be careful about that. Uh, so much of the time we we um, abuse our conscience because we're not acting in faith and we don't know that what we're doing is what God wants us to do. Um, and, and from the, the very simple fact, just trusting in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we do that by faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It starts with faith. It runs through faith. It's all of faith. The only thing that we can do is put our faith in him. Paul tells us that way it's not of works. So uh, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And, and he wants to see us trust us, trust him in the little areas of our life. And the last thing, uh, just a little bit of sin can do a lot of damage. With Gideon's life, uh, we'll look at this a little bit more tomorrow. Um, when we get into uh, the devotional tomorrow, Lord willing. Um, but just his little bit of sin that he introduced into his family with making that ephod. He wasn't supposed to do that, and it corrupted his family. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Uh, if you know the book of Galatians, uh, Paul is dealing with a very carnal church there, and, and they're wanting to go back. Uh, they were saved by grace, and now they're trying to be turned back uh, to the law. And Paul is telling them, don't you do that. Uh, a little leaven bringing in a little bit of wrong teaching will corrupt the whole thing. And we see this so much of the time uh, in our personal lives, in our family lives, and in churches. We'll see a little bit of leaven corrupts the whole thing. I think we even see that in our country uh, where we let, let down our guard a little bit uh, back in the 80s we let down our guard and we have no fault divorces. Uh, somebody is always at fault. That's just wrong thinking there. But we have these no fault divorces. And, and now it has led all the way to uh, what we see nowadays. It's just tragic. So we need to be very careful there. Um, I hope that's been a help to you. And I hope it's a, an, an encouragement to you. And uh, I look forward to having you with us the next time. Until then, auf Wiedersehen.